Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. City News. It's 17.30 GMT. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. I am Umaru Sanda Amadou here tonight with... Eno Safo. And coming up over the next 90 minutes... 11 members against and then uh, 10 members for um, to reject the budget estimates of the Ministry of uh, Tourism, um, especially the allocation of 80 million, um, you know, Ghana cities for the construction of the National Cathedral. President Akufado's priority of priorities, the National Cathedral, suffers huge setback as Parliamentary Committee rejects the 80 million CD budgetary allocation to the project. We'll be asking tonight whether that project... Also coming up, the government's domestic debt exchange program continues to face stiff opposition as organized labor plans a strike for next Tuesday over the matter. And later on Eyewitness News, the president, Nana Arudan Kwakufado, is speaking and he's pledging government's commitment to resolving the economic crisis in the country. Stay with 97.3 CTFM for more on this and many other stories on Eyewitness News. And in business... Finance Ministry reiterates the need to ease access to credits for small and medium-sized enterprises. That's in 50 minutes with Nashika Caesar of the City Business Desk. Eyewitness News is live across Ghana on a number of affiliate stations across the globe. We're on citynewsroom.com. We are also on Facebook. Do watch us and listen to us and drop your comments on the comment section of the Facebook feed as you're watching. Across Ghana, we are on number of affiliates, including in the northeast region on Nobia FM, 98.1 FM in Nalerugu. In the upper west region on Ganga, 94.3 FM in Jirapa. In the upper east region on Quality, 88.7 FM in Garu. If you go to the northern region, we are on Radio Gaki, 88.3 FM in Saboba. In the Volta region, Heritage, 107.3 FM in Hohwe. And Freedom, 88.1 FM in Sogakopa are bringing you this broadcast. In the Ashanti region, we're on Adrinpa, 99.9 FM in Inkawye. If you go to the Bono region, we're on Greener, 95.9 FM in Sunyani. In the Western region, multiple stations, including Adrinpa, 100.7 FM in Takwa, Beach, 105.5 FM in Takradi, and Sky Power, 93.5 FM, also in Takradi. This is Eyewitness News, broadcasting from Adabraka in Accra. My name is Umaru Sandamadu here with Eno Safo. And we start off with Parliament. The House is about to go on recess for Christmas. And the budget has been presented. The appropriation is what is happening. Over the past few days, we've been bringing you all the appropriations that have been approved and the various budgets that have been accepted by the various parliamentary committees. But at, as is very uncharacteristic of our parliament, we are seeing a rejection of a budgetary allocation. For no mean a project than the controversial priority of priorities for the president of the land, the cathedral, the national cathedral, which will be cited not very far from the House of Parliament. The Honorable Imano Amakofibua is member of parliament for Elembele. 
He is a ranking member on the Trade and Industry as well as a Tourism Committee of Parliament. He's part of the group of MPs who voted no to reject that budget. He's joining us on the line. Honorable, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Um, good evening and thanks for uh, getting in touch with me and hello to your listeners. What happened? You don't want the president's place of prayer and his commitment to God to materialize. Well, uh, I think that you already know the history of, of this cathedral. It started off as a, a wish of the president and the whole Ghana was told that uh, this would be a private sector funded. Well, it, it looks like... Uh, the people of Ghana must foot the bill. But I think that we, we have to look at the, the processes that has led to where we are now. The Minister of Tourism uh, appeared before our committee because, you know, surprisingly, as we were going through the budget, we saw a line item for the Ministry of Tourism, $18 million, and then for the cathedral. Yet when you went to the, when you go to the budget statement and look at the Ministry of Tourism activities and projects, there isn't any mention of cathedral. And so when the ministry the minister appeared, uh, we basically asked him a series of questions. And remember that our mandate is not only simply to approve the eighteen million for twenty twenty three, but also to make sure that we review monies for that that particular project that is going to use the money for, money that has been used in the past. What that meant was that we now had the responsibility to revisit the 339 million Ghana cities that the Minister of Finance uh, uh, has spent and told the uh, Apple Committee uh, recently. And then to get the minister, since now the cathedral is the one that is coming for the money to explain to us how the money was used, how the, the process, the contracts were signed. And this is something that ha- we have not been able to get to our radar as parliament. So the committee now is the first committee that has the responsibility to scrutinize how these processes and how the expenditures on the 339 has been done. Unfortunately, we, he came and he couldn't have any answer. In fact, the minister appeared and had no idea how the, even the 18 million he was asking for was going to be used. So we, we sent him back to go and bring the right people who can answer the questions. He came back with the cathedral secretariat. They uh, gave us a, a long history of the cathedral, and they told us that the, the cathedral has some components, a Bible component, a banquet hall, and all sorts of uh, uh, interesting features, nice and great. Unfortunately, uh, if you look at the line item, they said that they could only account for 225 million. In that 25 million, 225 million, there were a lot of questions you could answer. We asked them for documents. For example, we asked the artist, we want to know the, 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 the compensation of all the secretarial members and how much administratively they spent. We wanted to know uh, a lot more on the contracts for each of the subcontractors, whether the tender process was compet- competitively done. Uh, the some, and obviously a lot of uh, so-called contracts in there. 
But what is what was worrying is that yesterday we, we couldn't get the, uh, them to explain the, the and 113. Today they came back with the majority. Uh, Ghana is in their numbers to basically uh, say that the 113 million that we were talking about yesterday was actually paid to the architect. Yes, if you look at the, the, the line items that the Secretary presented, there were designs and architectural work as expenditure on the airline. So, contractors were not satisfied. We were also not satisfied with the process on how the money was given. So, we invited the Minister of Finance. We asked the Minister of Finance how they were able to get to. You know, the contingency vote is meant for. Uh, ministries, uh, budget allocations, that has already been done. And then in the course of the year, something will come up. And then you realize that you need to basically, the minister now has the mandate to make some adjustments for this particular ministry, add additional money, uh, some projects that the Ministry of Works and Housing will have a, an issue. So that's what the contingency vote is. So it, it really surprised how the Minister of Finance did not go to the contingency vote one, but two, three, four times in since 2019. Well, the chief director explained that there were some uncertainties about the project, whether or not uh, they were great getting support from the private sector, and so that's why they kept it. We were not satisfied with the answer. What was worse, we asked the minister, the minister, to basically explain. The 80 million, he couldn't. We asked him a pointed question whether he can confirm that the Chief Secretary will now be under the Ministry of Tourism. He said no. So, how do we approve money for a ministry who will not have authority over a secretariat who needs the money? But what was really worrisome was that we asked them, So, you have spent 339 million, you're asking for additional 18 million. Now tell us how much more money you will need to complete the cathedral for God. They said that the estimate is that we will need a total of 383 million U.S. dollars. Roughly, at the current estimate rate, I calculate that we will spend about 42 million. So, we need additional 340 million dollars. In this period of austerity, where just yesterday the Minister of Finance basically wrote a letter telling people who have invested their hard-earned currency that we are going to give you a haircut of over 40 billion Ghana cities. We can't pay you, we are broke. Yet, we are going to basically take their money and build God a cathedral. It is obvious well that if you look at where we are now, one, we are not satisfied with how the 239 was used. The explanation for 80 million was basically not satisfactory. And we do not believe that this country at this particular time has $340 million to complete a cathedral. And on that basis, the, the uh, minority on the committee moved to disapprove it. We actually subjected it to a vote. Yesterday was
Hello, Honorable? Yes. Honorable, I'm losing you. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, now it's better. Uh-huh. So I'm saying that yesterday when we did a, uh, uh, we got the majority vote to to basically say no to the 18 million, they take a comeback today and they try to master their numbers to... Uh, so when we went, we subjected it to a vote. Well, I think God was on the people of Ghana. Side. So at the committee level when we voted, we still had 11 votes and they had 10. And so the majority of us who said no to the 18 million approval won the day. And so we expect that to be sent in the be uh, reflected in the report. Even though I know there are still maneuvers going on. Uh, but the, but we put on we have basically made our positions very clear. Now we are going to approve the Ministry of Tourism budget minus the eight additional money for the cathedral. Now, if they try to approve this, this is what will happen. We would we will now vote in our numbers against the Ministry of Tourism's entire budget. If they move to try to push it to approve it, then the government is risking. Because of the 18 million, they are risking the, the as we are approving the appropriation. That is where we stand right now. So it stands rejected at committee level. Is it the case that they didn't have all their numbers? Someone was absent yeah. on their side? In fact, that's correct. That's correct. In fact, I think they tried. But, you know, let me be very frank with you. Their own people, frankly, are abandoning shit. Some they are not happy with, with the tens of events. Especially when it comes to the cathedral. I mean, they will probably not come out to say it. But they, they are very, very, very not happy with it. And then, and so if you cannot come and vote that I'm against the cathedral, I might as well not show up. I'm looking at the list of the committee members now, and I'm wondering who was absent. Is it the usual suspect? Well, I... I think that the, the, the list, will, I'm sure that the list will be there. And uh, you are a journalist, you will do your investigation. <laughs> <laughs> but just help me know. Who, who was, who I was don't have the names. I don't have the names. Oh, but you know who was not at committee meeting? Yeah, but I, I know that we were in our numbers. I mean, that's what it is. Uh, that's what I know. I, I don't know about it. What I know is that we defeated them at the committee level. And so we are going to approve the Ministry of Tourism budget Without That's... the 18 million Ghana CD for the cathedral. Is there any yes, hope for it uh, at the plenary? Oh, I, I, I believe so. Uh, we are already in consultation with our leadership. And I know that our leadership are in full support. And so we expect the NDC to have their full wanted in support of this decision by our committee. Very well. We'll wait to see what happens next at plenary. But thank sure. you so much for speaking to us, Honorable. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's the Honorable Member of Parliament for LM Bele, uh, who is a ranking on the Trade and Industry as well as Tourism Committee of Parliament, Honorable Yimano Ama Kofi Bua. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTF. And we are coming to you from our studios in Adabraka, in Accra. And we are also around the globe on citynewsroom.com. So what the minority has done is that it said the Ministry of Finance failed to account for an amount of 140 million cities out of the 339 million cities that was spent on the cathedral project. We've been making efforts to reach the tourism minister, General Mohamed Awal, 
or anybody at his ministry or even the National Cathedral Secretariat. We've not been successful in getting a comment from them on the situation. We've also made attempts to speak to members of the NPP side on the committee and uh, they've not responded to our requests for an interview. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. And what else do you have for us? Still in Parliament, the minority in Parliament has accused the House of contributing to the country's current economic woes. The group contends that Parliament failed in its oversight responsibility leading to excessive borrowing by government. Speaking at a dialogue with the core leadership of the House and selected committees of Parliament, the minority leader, Harun Idrisi, said Parliament's role in defending the interests of the public is eroded. Today, Ghana has an economic crisis. A crisis which uh, is only similar to what pertained in the country in 1983. How did we get there? Excessive borrowing. Who ought to have checked government not to borrow or overborrow the Parliament of Ghana? So Parliament must accept some blame and some responsibility in not keeping the executive to check. The consequences of excessive borrowing is not being felt by all of us. That was Minority Leader Haruna Idrisu. Now, the Majority Leader and Minister for Parliamentary Affairs, Osei Chayman Tabuntu, on his part, said the appreciation of the city has contributed to the reduction of the country's debt stock by about 40 billion cities. Do you know that the, the appreciation of the city against the dollar now has brought the rest of them? Nothing has been done. Nothing has been done. But just that has brought the debt stock down. Today it's hovering around 420 for 450. You see what? And yet, reality is that the dollar, the dollar equivalent is the same. The dollar equivalent is the same. But in city terms, even though nothing has been done, it's climbed down by close to 40 billion. And will still climb down if the city continues to appreciate against the dollar. Colleagues, let's, let's resolve to strengthen the committee system. And once we do that, I guess we'll be able to uh, uplift the performance and indeed the relevance of Parliament in our system. That was the Majority Leader and Minister for Parliamentary Affairs, Osei Che Mensabunsu. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag Eyewitness News. You welcome back to Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTF, and we are coming to you from our studios in Adabraka. In Accra, there's a plan by organized labor to go on a strike from next Tuesday. It has to do with the government's domestic debt structuring. There was a meeting today at the Ministry of Employment and Labor Relations where organized labor was in attendance. And Joe Kabonu leads the National Association of Graduate Teachers, NAGRAT. And so he was there on behalf of uh, his group, and I believe it is so. Mr. Kabonu, welcome to Eyewitness News. Were you at the meeting, first of all? Well, my, my Deputy General Secretary was there. So your group was represented as organized labor? Yes. Okay. Yes. What was the purpose of the meeting? Was it because of your long-standing 
discussions with the government on the BSP or was on the specific issue of the domestic debt restructuring and the focus on your pensions? Well, two meetings were held today. One came on, it was, uh, it did not end the way government wanted. The other one, the government reneged on its responsibility to attend. The first meeting was on the debt restructuring program uh, initiated by the Ministry of Finance. Uh, organized labor made it clear to government that we are, we are not going to compromise so long as anything is going to touch our pensions and that we will let off our stance for the shutdown on the 27th only if government exempts pension funds from the debt restructuring program. And that position was made clear directly to the Minister of Finance this morning. And the Ministry's response was what? Well, the Ministry was still uh, trying to convince organized labor as to why there is a need for this exercise to continue, including pension funds. The leadership of organized labor will also not budge on that position, and that if by the 27th of December 2022, we do not hear a clear announcement from government that it has exempted pension funds from the restructuring program, labor will lay down its tools across the nation. That is public sector labor and private sector labor. When you say public sector labor and private sector labor, walk us through some of the unions that make up organized labor so that we know who is going to be affected by your strike, even though it is a holiday season. At least the schools are on break, so your, 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 your strike may not be felt that much. Well, suspend assessments and marginal students' scripts. Oh, how? You, you, oh, you yeah. conducted the exam last term. Yeah. It has nothing to do with what's happening now. Uh, but there's a general strike. You suspend all activities. Labor unions in public sector include Ghana Medical uh, Association, uh, Nurses and Midwives Association, medical, all medical groups within government, government uh, pharmacists. We have the teacher unions, that is not Nagra CCT. We have TEU, all these unions and uh, public services workers union. Uh, we have government institutions like GBC and so on and so all unions within. And then when we come to the private sector, we're talking about uh, uh, the Federation of Labor in Tema, uh, electric, electric uh, ECG, and all that. When we talk about organized labor, organized labor is made up of the 32 affiliated unions under the TUC and the various other unions under the forum, that is the government, the 12 unions under the forum that, who are working within the government um, employment. So we are talking about total workforce of our republic. That is organized labor. Okay, and this is non-negotiable. The strike is going to happen unless you are told that your pensions will not be touched. In fact, we will, I mean, the, the informal way of calling this is a total national shutdown. I see. Now let's talk about the other issue you've been at uh, meetings with the government over. Well, the... the government, on the other hand, invited us for the continuation of the base pay 
negotiation. Labor was there. Uh, the Ministry of Finance, I don't know whether because Labor's position did not change, the Ministry of Finance failed to come. So the meeting could not uh, continue. So Labor was very angry because if he knew you were not ready to have a meeting, you don't even have to uh, invite us. So that is also a hanging issue uh, that ought to be looked at. But for now, Labour is concentrated on our uh, pensions fund not to be taxed for the debt restriction side. Very well. Thank you so much for speaking to us. Uh, that's your noble. Thank you, Omar. Okay, that's Njio Kabonu. He's president of the National Association of Graduate Teachers, uh, NAGRAT, and uh, he was speaking there to us about uh, the meeting that they had with um, government today. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTF. And we'll be hearing from Deputy Minister for Employment, uh, the noble Bright Reku Brobe, shortly. Uh, he's actually, um, I'll be going on the line to speak to the Honorable Deputy Minister for Employment and Labor Relations, Brad Reku Brobe. But let's hear other perspectives to the meeting today. Let's listen to Joshua Ansan. He is the Deputy Secretary General of the Trade Union Congress. Begging or pleading with us, pleading will not bring anything on our table. We have just made a very simple demand from the government that please don't touch our pension fund, exempt our pension fund from the debt exchange program. As simple as that. Just exempt it and there will be no problem. But if you continue not to respect our demand, then maybe you want to prolong the issue. I don't think that government will stay until the 27th of this month where that decision to strike comes to fruitful. Otherwise, I don't think any any government where it was wait for that day to come. So we have hope that uh, Government will respond positively to our demand before the 27th. But if it doesn't, then we will act as we act accordingly. We have no option. You met with the finance ministry today. Any update on that? The meeting has been rescheduled for Thursday. That's all what I can say. So that's the minister. Uh, that's the deputy secretary general of the Trade Union Congress, Joshua. And so let's go on the phone line and speak to the Honorable Deputy Minister of Employment and Labor Relations, Bright Recovery. Honorable, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Thank you, Harold. You were told your meeting was not successful and that you didn't seem ready when you called the meeting. Let me, let me, let me put some things on record. You know, at the end of any successful meeting, discerning people, discerning people ask, when is the next meeting? And then normally people will say, oh, uh, schedule it next time or in, on this date and that. You know, we all agree to the next meeting. That's what happens in that case. In the last meeting that we had, when we were adjourning, Oh, oh, but your, your line, your line is giving me a bad feedback. I don't know what the situation is, but uh, try and reestablish your position. I mean, your comments. Let me see if it, it will be better. Can you hear me now? Yes, please. Wonderful. What I'm saying is that at any successful meeting, participants will ask, "When is the next meeting?" And then we will all agree and say, "In a week's time." And then people even say, "Pin down a date," and then we do so. So that's what happened in the last meeting when we had to uh, look for the next meeting date. And it fell on today, 20th. So that was agreed. That, and 
the action point was that both parties will engage their membership and come onto the table. Today, unfortunately, you know, Parliament is rising tomorrow. Most of our key stakeholders who are decision makers, the employment minister, the finance minister, in fact, I had to take motions on the floor of the House on behalf of my minister, you know, and so on and so forth. There were so many meetings that were going on. That is why today's meeting could not come off. And therefore, uh, we agreed that we were again and then reconvene at a date to be communicated to both parties. That's what happened. So you knew about the meeting, but you were unable to attend, and that is why it didn't happen the way it was supposed I to mean, happen. I mean, genuinely, let's be natural. It's not like people deliberately say there's a meeting and I won't attend, and so on and so There's always a very good reason why people would not attend to a meeting, and one of such days is today when uh, not all of us were able to be in the meeting. Very well. Let's talk about the other meeting that happened then, which has to do with the pensions of workers. They say that it is part of what you are targeting under the domestic debt restructuring. They do not want it to be touched at all. You were in that meeting? No, I was not. Okay, so that meeting would be with Ministry of Finance. Yeah, I was not. Okay, that's fine. So, so I'm, 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 I'm unable to speak to that. But unfortunately, because you're minister for labor, labor unions are planning a strike on Tuesday because of that. Have you had any discussions or engagements with Ministry of Finance to the effect that, uh, the, your members or your workers, your employees are saying they'll go on strike if the government proceeds with the debt, uh, restructuring agenda? Uh, of course. Anytime you engage me, don't forget that. I work under a very efficient and effective minister, the Honorable Ignatius Bafewa. Any time, any time some of these things come up, he is on top of it. He engages. And as we speak, um, I'm telling you for sure, even in the meeting which I'm telling you I was unable to attend, he was there. And therefore, it's about engagement. Let me also be emphatic. That what labor unions put out there that they will go on strike on 27th, there was a caveat. They expect that government will engage them. And that's what we are doing. And anytime you are making this announcement to the public, you even deliberately uh, or forget to say that that is something that labor is looking up to, that we engage them. And this is what is exactly ongoing. And trust me, uh, once labor is engaged fully and then matters are explained to them and they get it, anything that has to be compromises that both parties have to make will be made and then life will be ongoing. Let's talk about something that you were also doing in Parliament. You are a member of the committee whose responsibility was to approve or reject the appropriation uh, for the budgetary allocation for the Ministry of Tourism, which includes the National Cathedral. We are told you sat and watched for the minority to have their way today, and what that means is that the president's cathedral has, uh, you know, collapsed the agenda. Uh, in fact, tomorrow, this is a very random impression. Uh, committees normally don't have uh, that right to shoot down whatever. Whatever the discussions are, we bring it to plenary, and plenary will decide. It is not at committee level 
where votings are done and we say, oh, oh, this matter can be taken or not taken. Once a budget proposal has been made and incorporated in budget and it's referred to a committee, if we disagree, agree or unanimously agree or minority agrees or not, the issue is that we write our report and take it back to whoever referred it to us. And that is a plenary. So at this point, let's get it right. Nothing has been shut down. And for me, uh, unfortunately, because I was on the floor of parliament doing other business, I was not there. But I'm not expecting that something put in budget will be shut down at committee level and not even come to plenary. We have to come to plenary. And plenary will then decide whether or not this matter is uh, very essential and has to be captured or not. We agree on it. So that is the position. Sometimes, let's get it straightforward. Uh, it's something that you don't have power to do. You don't even come celebrating it. Oh, no, but when you make statements like that, it presuggests that the committee work is useless. You always take votes at committee levels before reporting to parliament. When you when you make the statement suggesting that this was inconsequential, then that's a bit interesting to hear that the Speaker's committee is useless. It will be unfortunate for you to attribute me to that uh, implication. Okay, then that, I withdraw the that, implication, that, but it's exactly. a question in relation to it, how you, it, it you've taken the issue. It is not the case at all, but at committee level, that is where most parliamentary work is exercised. That is where facts and figures and everything come up and then we discuss so if we we we, we begin concluding and killing matters at that level what would the main house be doing so if committees go to meetings and at the end the chairman calls for a vote you are saying that that vote is a pure waste of time i am not a waste of time it is part of it then all of this yeah, is so if it is part of it then they can celebrate which is what they are celebrating now all of that Omaru, will be captured as part of proceedings and brought to the main house where major decisions or everything will be stamped on. But you know... Not, uh, you see, uh, don't don't get me wrong. No, I'm not getting I'm you wrong. What, all I know is that... underrating the work we do at committee levels. But sometimes we have to decipher what we can do at committee level and what we cannot. The idea and of people, any any time matters come there, we deliberate on that. We look at the pros and cons, the advantages, disadvantages. In fact, most work is done at the committee level. Everything is captured there, including voting. The and I, you 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 may have been privy to most of instances where things will come to the media's attention that they disagree, they did not. They were unanimous about it. They were not. They agreed. Majority, minority. And then, well, but when it comes to the floor, a report will come capturing all of these things. And you, then the main house will vote on them. So it's not wrong that they will be voting at committee level. It's not. You do but agree. It doesn't, it doesn't end it. You do agree, though, that if you had carried the vote it would have made your work easier at the plenary so that the committee's report would say that this particular appropriation has been approved. But now that the report would not say it has been approved, it takes you through a very Herculean task of getting 
your members in the committee to possibly vote. And this could even be a vote of secret uh, to approve or reject this proposal of the committee. No, no. I, I agree with you that because of what happened, they would have to come to plenary. But, you know, as to the, your second matter of whether or not uh, it is going to be a Herculean task or not, that does not reside with us. The issue is that at committee level, whatever discussions will be put in a collective report and that will go to plenary and plenary will then make a decision. That is what happens. There will be debate and even I'm sure that at that level, some people who even disagreed initially may come and agree with what probably the other side is saying. So don't worry at all. These are all proceedings of parliament. And I'm sure after we have exhausted this, we'll come up with, you know, some agreeable positions that will be more appreciable to Ghanaians. Very well. Uh, since you said you were not there at the time of the, the voting, it presupposes then that you are the reason your side lost the vote, because it, it was a 10-11 vote. 10-11 vote. Uh, I'm sure when it comes to plenary, we will look at it holistically and then make a decision. Thank you so much for speaking to us, sir. Thank you so much, my brother. That's Deputy Minister for Employment and Labor Relations, General Bright Rekubrobe. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. We are coming to you from our studios in Adabraka. In Accra, there's a labor expert, Austin Game, a former Minister of Employment, who has been speaking on this matter and other issues relating to labor. Eno, please tell us more. A labor analyst, Austin Gamer, wants the government to immediately begin engagement with organized labor over the decision to embark on an industrial action effective December 27. The group has asked the government to exempt the pensions of its members from the debt exchange program. Speaking to City News, Mr. Gamer said the consequences of the strike will be severe, thus the need for a swift intervention from the government. The government do know that this was going to uh, likely happen uh, because if I were to be in their shoes, I should know. Uh, like I said, this thing didn't just come out of the blue. It, it was lingering and no doubt threat is real. And they've already uh, said it that uh, come 27th, there's no need for any meeting. Everybody should heed to the kind of uh, thing they will have to do. And so it's for the government now not uh, acting like an employer per se, but uh, for the government to ensure that they find a way of uh, engaging them. I wonder, I wonder if they will have the courage to go to IMF and crawl back what they have written in respect of the pension fund being part of the sustainability of uh, the, the, the debt they owe. Maybe they will wait and see if they can really put to use the threat, but that will be a disaster. So if I were to be in their shoes, we'll start engaging uh, from last night. Austin Game is a labor analyst. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag Eyewitness News. You're welcome back to Eyewitness News on 97.3 City FM. Let's do some more stories. 
President Takufuaru has pledged government's commitment to resolve the country's economic crisis. Ghana's economy has been characterized by high inflation rates, currency depreciation, among others, bestowing hardships on Guineans. But speaking at the Bullock Festival celebrated in Sandama in the Upper East Region, President Nanado promised to assuage the plight of Guineans in these difficult times. They know very well that my government stands strongly with you in these difficult times that we are all going through. But with courage and with vision and with unity amongst us all, we will come out of these difficulties and get our country back into a good place. That is the firm promise that I'm making to you. President Akufuado there. Now the government, through the Ghana Education Trust Fund, has settled part of the outstanding debts owed contractors, the amount which is to the tune of 667 million Ghana cities, will cater for arrears as of November 2022. This was in fulfillment of a promise made by the administrator of the GET Fund, Dr. Richard Ampofobuedu. The administrator had indicated that payments would be made via the mix of the funding sources, proceeds from Dachi PLC bond issuance, and the government released through the controller and the Accounting General's Department to the coffers of the fund. Here's a public relations officer of Get Fund, Isaac Essiedouase, speaking to City News about the payment. Somewhere 8th of November, uh, Ladim of Get Fund held a stakeholder engagement with its stakeholders and detailed how some of these contracts that we have owed for some time now will be paid. And if it said that we have signed innovation agreements with some of the contractors on about 867 claims covering projects and supplies that we have done to various schools and institutions as well as the Ministry of Education and Intelligence. So pursuant to that, uh, by end of November this year, all the tech contractors with their certificates submitted were paid. They are, they are, they are paid in full. That is those contractors that were able to submit their claims as of September 2022. So we have made good of that promise and we have paid them all. We made a total of 667 million in Ghana cities payment out of these 867 claims. So they are still some 200 million to be paid to some other certificates that have been submitted. Well, that's a plan and process to make sure that monies are raised for them to be sorted out as well. But for now, these are the payments that we need as of uh, November uh, 2022. You heard the public relations officer of Get Fund, Isaac Essiedu Osei. Now, leaders of the Nation Builders Corps Association of Ghana say they have been assured that part payment of arrears owed them will be paid by the end of the week. The association says the government is finalizing the validation process to enable members receive their pay. Speaking to City News, the president of the former trainees of NAPCO Association of Ghana, Dennis Opogukatache, said there will be further engagements with stakeholders until all arrears are cleared. I'm currently, I've been reliably informed that there's a validation going on so that NAPCO trainees could be paid some of the arrears for this next month, which I'm reliably informed and from my checks. Um, validation is ongoing and I think we have less than an hour to end the validation, hoping to hear something uh, um, within this week for our Christmas. That is what I know. But I am also informed that it's not all the nine months, so definitely still 
after payment uh, of trainees within the week, we will still have outstanding money, which is also very unfortunate. I mean, the government owing us nine months, and then um, to pay us, and then you are paying one month, as I am hearing, if it's true. It's very unfortunate. So we are not going to feel reluctant, but rather going to do everything possible to get the rest of the month, and that is what we know, something, something. So that is what I have for you. But um, all these things are, are, are being out because the government is owing us. So we are advising and urging the government that we should pay all our arrears, because as a national president for Napco Training Association of Ghana, the um, we are organizing a massive picketing, which we have already issued a press release on that. That we are going to have a picketing at the Ministry of Finance and then the Parliament House simultaneously to demand the rest of our areas, which we are going to do that. And the, if the government uh, still feels that we are not supposed to be treated as we are supposed to, then I think uh, the government is pushing us to the war. Definitely, when one is pushed to the war, uh, we are left with no alternative than to bounce back. That was the president of the former trainees of the Nation Builders Corps Association of Ghana, Dennis Opokukatechi. Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag Eyewitness News. Every significant financial transaction, every market movement, and all the policies that affect your business. City Business News. Be informed. Time now for City Business News on Eyewitness News brought to you by First National Bank and powered by citybusinessnews.com. I am Nashika Caesar. Let's settle for the details. A Deputy Minister of Finance, Dr. John Kuma, has reiterated the need for drastic measures to be put in place to make credit accessible to small and medium-sized enterprises in the country. This, he notes, will play a huge role in government's financial inclusion agenda. Speaking at the launch of the Ghana Demand Side Survey Report for 2021, he called for the creation of innovative strategies to ensure this, as well as more stakeholder collaboration. So clearly, the credit market in Ghana needs a lot more attention in order for it to play a significant role in our financial inclusion drive. With just about 21% of adult population assessing credit, drastic policy measures must be put in place to make the credit market more conducive to support small and medium businesses for economic growth and prosperity for all their needs. And from the analysis, it shows that uh, it's only those in the former employment sector that have access to some form of credit. So we have to find innovative ways of reaching out to those in the other sectors and how they can access financial credits. Again, barriers to access and usage can be improved by directing more focus on the undeserved people, sorry, on the underserved people. We look at gender and geographical area through a collaborative approach with financial sector regulators working closely with government and other stakeholders. Moreover, government recognizes the fact that financial inclusion clearly dovetails well with government goals of poverty alleviation and lifting of living standards of our Ghanaian people. 
That was a Deputy Minister of Finance, John Kuma. Moving on, the Consumer Protection Agency has lauded the reduction in transport fares by transport operators in the country. Patrons of commercial transport yesterday began enjoying a 15% reduction in fares. This decision was announced last week by the transport operators and follows the reduction in prices of fuel at the various pumps. Speaking at a press conference earlier today, CEO of the Consumer Protection Agency, Kufika, Peter described the move as a step in the right direction. No, my take is, is in good order. Same way when it went up, they went and argued and then they had an increase. Anything that benefits the consumer, I'm happy. Even if it's 1% reduction, it is good for the consumer because it went up and now it's coming down. I can't argue against it. So I'll say kudos to the people who negotiated. This time I wasn't part of it. Some time ago I was part of it. But my biggest problem is you cannot agree and not do buy or pay your agreement. That is my problem. He however called on the trading community to follow suit and also drop their prices as the local currency appreciates and experiences some stability. The city had in the last month depreciated rapidly to about 16 Ghana cities to the dollar, prompting traders to hike their prices. I can tell you with confidence that most people do not even import for Christmas. I'm a businessman too. I'm from Okanshi and I can tell you this Christmas a lot of the Commodities will not be on the market because people were afraid the fact that the city was falling. They didn't want to take a chance. That's very speculative. No, it's not speculative. I'm telling I'm telling with authority. Like I told you, I'm a businessman. I have shops in Okanshi. I have shop at Tudu. I have shops at at, at East Lagos. I'm just telling you that it is fairness. I'm not against them increasing. All I'm saying is if it's coming down. How come they didn't take the same explanation to us that, oh, we will take some time to increase? Because we are not sure if the dollar is going to be stabilized. Now the dollar is coming and the fuel is coming down. They are telling me that as you wait. When it was going up, when did they tell you, the consumer, that you should wait and then you should buy it at the same price? That was the CEO of the Consumer Protection Agency, Kofi Capito. The Executive Secretary of the Importers and Exporters Association, Samson Asakia Wingabit, says the business community cannot reduce the prices of goods because they will incur financial losses. President Ikufado made an appeal to the business community to reduce the prices of goods and services as the city regains its strength. However, speaking to City Business News, the Executive Secretary of the Importers and Exporters Supporters Association, Samson Asakia Wingerbet explained why they cannot heed the president's call. We think that the government should also understand that when the dollar was at 14 cities to one one dollar, Kenyan traders bought it at that time, paid for their cargo, brought it to the country, paid the duty at the time the dollar was about the customer were using about 10.5 uh, to 13.5. These are the cargo that is locked in the stock. Government has already collected the duty. Is government going to say, look, now that the rate has come to this far, those of you that have paid duty at a high rate. I am ready to refund your money to you, uh, so that whilst I'm refunding your money to you, uh, you can then stand on that to reduce the prices of your goods for us. No, government is not saying that. So how will the government come to say that we should reduce the price at the goal? 
I strongly believe that if there will be something to be appreciated or to show some compensation to the Ghanaian consuming public, uh, the only thing can be done is that if you are an importer that you were, you knew that you bought the rate, the dollar at the rate of 14 point something, you were doing your unitization price between 14.5 or 15 cities. Yeah, thinking plus or minus, you can still be in business. And now that the rate has come to like 8 cities or 9 cities, uh, what you can, be, can be done is that maybe you can bring the rate down the unitization price down to let's say maybe ten point five or thereabout. So that at least no matter how you can still recoup your money. But to say we should reduce it drastically, I'm not quite sure that can be done. And I'm not quite sure anybody is is ready to accept such a proposal. Samson Osakia Wingerbird is the Executive Secretary of the Importers and Exporters Association. Moving on, the Ministry of Communication and Digitalization says it is working to develop a law to regulate tech startup business activities in the country. The ministry maintains the tech industry needs to be protected from fraudulent activities to ensure consumer interest. Speaking on the sidelines of the 2022 NITA ICT Stakeholders Forum in Accra, the Minister of Communication and Digitalization, Esla Owusu-Okufel, said there is a legal gap analysis under consideration to strengthen the tech industry. We need to look at our laws and regulations as well to see if they are fit for purpose. And that legal gap analysis is also being conducted. At the end of the exercise, if we have to amend existing legislation, the proposals for amendment will be laid before Parliament. If we have to craft new laws, we will develop new laws. Um, for starters, we are developing a startup legislation to guide the growth of the startup sector in this country. It wasn't available um, for us, and we know we have a very vibrant tech scene in this country, and we, win- we want to encourage and grow this sector so we can produce more tech entrepreneurs in this sector. So. We've already identified that gap and are working to develop a law to guide the tech uh, startup ecosystem in this country. There may be more, but the gap analysis would let us know once it is completed and then we'll take it from there. You have the Minister of Communication and Digitalization, Esla Owusu Ekufel. Now, finally, commercial banks operating in the country have reportedly written off nearly $3 billion in the last 10 months of the year 2022. This is contained in the Domestic Money Bank's income statement. According to the document, the non-performing loan stock increased to a little over $11 million in October 2022 from about $8 billion in 2021. This comes at a time when government is in the process of restructuring the country's domestic debt. This indicates that the valuation of the foreign currency, non-performing loan stock, and its deterioration in some domestic currency portfolios. And that's all for CT Business News and Eyewitness News, which was powered by ctbusinessnews.com and sponsored by First National Bank. My name is Nashika Caesar. Up next is Point Blank. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens.
This is Point Blank on Eyewitness News. My name is Umaru Sanda Amado. Tonight on Point Blank, we're talking about Ghana's economic situation. The former president, John Mahama, Ghana is simply broke. The government says we're working on it. They've brought all manner of plans, the domestic debt restructuring program, an external debt issue which has been suspended. And they say that it is a slow and difficult process, but we will get there. We will get out of the trouble. Tonight on Pemblan, we've invited into the studio someone who has once been Deputy Minister of the Finance Ministry before being promoted to be the main minister in charge of the ministry. He ran the ministry for four years as a minister, and before then he was there as a deputy for four years. So in total, he's been at the Ministry of Finance for eight years. He has taken us to the IMF and worked on a program to bring us out, out of the IMF before leaving office. Honorable Yimano Seth Tekbe is my guest, former Minister of Finance. You're welcome to Point Blank. Thank you very much and good evening. Good evening. Listeners. And just a little correction. The MPP took over, you know, our ECF and completed it in, extended it and completed it in 2018. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But you left the process in plan that it would terminate in 2018. Absolutely. They came and extended it to 2019. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So I'm saying you took us to IMF and let the process behind okay. for us to yeah. exit. But you yeah. didn't, Ghanaians didn't allow you to stay and exit us. Did we, did we exit? <laughs> well, we exited and then went for a half time and came back. When? Oh, I mean, we exited, we celebrated with a kinky party. You've forgotten. Yes. At the forecourt of the Ministry of Finance. Yes. And then two or three years on, we are back. So you went back for COVID loan? Oh, but that one, it wasn't a loan. That one, they said they were giving freebies. And we no, said, oh, we want... But it's not the definition of the COVID loan. The Was it a loan or a... No, a, it's, it's a facility. So we'll pay for it? No. The, one, the one million that they yes, were giving we'll us? for it. The oh. SDR, we are not paying for it because that's quota. Okay. That's a, a I thought they were giving freebies to support every no, member of the, the IMF. Difference, the, so that's why the technical <coughs> meaning is the technical name is actually rapid credit facility. So the emphasis is on rapid. So it's a quick loan. It's a quick loan. And therefore, what makes it quick is that it leaves out most of the conditionalities like what we are facing. Oh, now. so we don't go, go through do, the elaborate process. We go and do a you know, debt restructuring and whatever. And then we, so we had about five prior actions. So there will be more prior actions, you know, to come before loan effectiveness. Let's talk about <coughs> the current situation in the country. Um, what is the problem? How did we get here? We are told that it is a challenge that dates back to back, including your tenor, including Kofor's tenor, including... Rollins is ten. I don't know how way back it goes. Stop this generalization. Is it not true that we have been? We should stop this generalization. They said the loans we've accrued over the years, euro bonds that have been left behind that are supposed to be maturing, no maturing. Was it Reti- being retired over the period? You went to the euro bond market. I'm sure you left something behind that has to be be retired at yeah, a but point. For the first time, remember the history of euro bonds mm-hmm. started with, you know, it's let's say President Kufuor. Yes, so that's what they're saying. That yes, and we no, we refinance just for the record. You comp- you clear we refinance two hundred with a twenty fifteen, you know, sovereign bond. They use the oil revenue through the sinking fund to pay for five fifty. So the question is, how much have we paid? So, so you cleared Kufuor's debts. Yes. Did you claim Mills's debts? 
Yes, of course, every government. No, I mean we are talking of sovereign bonds, but there's a bilateral, the multilateral. You see the difference? Why the sovereign bonds have become a key issue is that they are like our treasury bills. The sovereign bonds are the euro bonds. Their interest. You see, so we 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 adopted our treasury bill side, where you pay interest, you defer the principal. When you take a standard loan, the bilateral loans, the multilateral loans, World Banker, you know. IMF and the rest, you pay down the principal in addition to interest. And that's what we wanted to change by setting up the sinking fund so that we don't turn the, the, uh, we don't turn the sovereign bond into another uh, treasury bill style or domestic bond style. We set up the, set up the sinking fund so that we pay both interest. But up to the time that we started uh, paying down you know, the, the uh, first sovereign bond, by taking buying them off mm-hmm. the stock exchange gradually from 2014, we had never paid down the first euro bond, the principal element. We're paying on the interest. So we finished <coughs> in 2015. Okay, so if that's so that's not, what was discontinued. So if that's not how we got there, how did we get here? How did we get to? Because we stopped it. We stopped what? Yes, because for example, <laughs> we, let me say this: we with one oil field, we set aside 550 million US dollars. In fact. The current administration used 200 million of that to finish paying the Kufo bond in 2017, October 4th. It was okay. never acknowledged. Right. Okay, so, so the point is, with three oil fields, if you had continued, we wouldn't be where we are now. If you had continued using the sovereign bond, sorry, the uh, sinking fund, which is in the constitution, only it was optional. So it was discontinued. So the sinking fund <coughs> is a fund you put aside somewhere to use to retire a debt. Is that, is that what it is? It's the principal element of the debt and to stop so that you the say habit that, of you. So know. you say that, listen, I took a loan from you and I said I'll pay you in seven years. Every year I pay you some interest. Which is what we do with the bilateral and the commercial loans. So, but what we've decided to do with sinking fund is that we pay off everything. We pay off the capital. You say that it does it. Okay, let me clarify. Explain, please. Yes, let me explain. <coughs> so we had two types of loan. We had the interest on the loan, where you have the option. So let's use your five years. Mm-hmm. Let's make it five. So you have two options. You can have an agreement, and if the one giving you the loan agrees, you'll be paying interest only, the interest that will be accruing. Mm-hmm. But your principal does not change. And that okay. means at the end of five years... You pay the principal. You have to pay the principal. But imagine a developing country like Ghana. You know, looking for seven fifteen million, which is where we are now. So you took one million or seven fifteen million. You said that I'll pay you this seven fifteen million cash in five years. However, every year I'll pay, I'll pay you a certain interest. percentage as an interest exactly. on it. And that's what we're doing with our uh, treasury bills and the domestic bonds. Then you that's can why you have the expression. Sorry, that's why you have the expression roll over risk because you are rolling over. You know, the, the principal, principal element. Okay. Then you came in and said, <coughs> let's pay you off your principal. So we don't, our hands are now clean. That's yes. what you did in yes, 2015. because you are heightening the risk of this default. Okay. You know, because this, just imagine, we had also continued. October 4th, 2017, we would have been looking for 750. To pay? To pay. But you had already retired, but you because retired you, it in 2015. We retired the, it in trenches. Using our oil. Our oil money. To be buying it on the stock. This is because it's traded. As of the time you were leaving, we didn't have any euro bond on our neck. No, we had. Which was... That's the point you were making. We issued... You know, we issued four euro bonds every year. Okay. But we retired the one that was... 
that you came to meet. That we came to meet. And we set up the sinking fund. The ones and you left. we projected. The mm-hmm. ones we left, we made a projection. That to end when? That's, you know, we ascended through the 2015. Some of them ended 10 years, some of them ended 15 years. And we said we'll be setting money aside. We won't wait like what we did in the first November. We'll be setting money aside from the PRME to set up a sinking fund so that we'll be taking the principal element as well as the interest so that we'll stop. Just like the way we pay World Bank loans, the way we pay. Do you know what the status <coughs> of those coupon, those euro bonds you left behind are? Do you know whether they were They've been written? rolled over. That's the point. So they are still being rolled over. Most of them have been rolled over, yes. So they are still and on that's why it's mounted. Because we issued four years. The kind of administration came, they've issued, they issued five years, so it's multiplied and we've not been paying them. To, I mean, to the credit, some, some of the sinking fund where the, where the repayment you know, even principal became and it became difficult. They started using part of the sinking fund. When they came, there were lots of celebrations about <coughs> bonds being oversubscribed. That means they issued number of euro bonds. About how many did they do? You can't oversubscribe. Today, can we can we issue a bond and oversubscribe? You no, know, we can't even no at the t- I'm saying at the time yes, they were so celebrating I'm, I'm that. An analogy, and mm-hmm. I'm saying that if you compare till now, they are still in office, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So what they achieved in the beginning, why are we not achieving it today? Why is it that currently we cannot also even go to the market, let alone have, go to the market to give you what we want, let alone oversubscribe? It means there was a record that made it easier. So it's a history you left behind. Of course, it's a sinking fund. Because remember, we started issuing at a high, even 2015, with the World Bank Guarantee, we issued 10.2 because the markets knew that the sovereign bond so there was credibility, the there was trust. Absolutely, because we are the sinking fund. And we told them that we were, we showed them that we were going to be. So are you laying every <clears throat> blame now at the doorstep of the sinking fund that was ignored by this government? What about the, the only element. What about the loans that they went for? Because we are told that, again, that's also part. But these are loans that also go way back to so let's, yes, since so the First Republic or even before okay, that. Okay, so let's, let's, let's look at it this way. You know, we started setting up a sinking fund, and we are saying that we even left some money, right? At least, let's even take it that one year sovereign bond. Mm-hmm. Can you say the same that by 2014, when we go for elections, there will be money for the next administration? 2024. 2024. Yes, 2024. Whether there will be money left for the succeeding government, whether it's, you know, which hopefully will be NDC, to pay even any, any amount. You, you, understand, <coughs> you understand how our country's finance is managed. What is our situation like now? We've defaulted. It's as simple as that. So we are broke, like Mahama said? It's not Mahama. It's in the statement. Yeah, so that's the default. They, they've used the statement, the term default, yes, but yes. in layman's term, yes, our pockets are dry. To let people know. Yes. Because the, the reason, if you read the statement, if you have it, it says that given the fact that our reserves have gone down, Remember the week before, mm-hmm. we were hailing the value of the city, which can only gain on the strength of the solidity of your reserve. So why don't you have money to pay? If we were an ordinary person, is this the time that we declare bankruptcy? Yeah, you go for settlement. The I'm saying that if we were an ordinary person. I'm saying that the formal process mm-hmm. is that you go to court, and then your creditors, and you meet your creditors in court, and you tell the court, I'm bankrupt. You know, they take you to court, and you're bankrupt. And then whatever money you have will be used to settle. That one has a certain finality to it. So we are now in the in court with the 
virtually. So that's where we are. We are, are not in rich. negotiations. Yeah, we are not in negotiations. That's where we are. Share with me <coughs> the meaning of what the government statement on the external debt is. What does that mean in practice? And oh, are, is that is, what the government should have done? No, it's just a source. It's when you talk about domestic, domestic debt. It means the debt which is denominated in cities, treasury bills, Bank of Ghana notes, and in principle, the three to five-year bonds. But the grounds became so fertile, so fertile that foreigners started patronizing even our domestic bond. That's what we call the non-residents. Okay. Those who were buying our external bonds because they saw sinking fund, they saw some of the structures we had put in place and the rest. They said, I remember the sinking fund, stabilizing fund and all those are denominated in dollars because we received the money in dollars. We don't change it to cities. So they are in dollars. So it means that even if we issue domestic bonds in dollars, we can pay. That's what it meant. Mm-hmm. But in principle, they are domestic, city denominated. External is usually euro, dollar, yen, you know, the country that gives you. Okay. They may decide to use. That's so let, let's take the, So it's just a source of the loan. Let's take the external first. Um, <coughs> I remember during your tenor, you had something you called a CDB, CBD loan, the China Development Bank. CBD, yes. 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 It's a dollar denominated loan. Good. It is from China. Is the government saying that all loans like that cannot be paid, so they've suspended payment? Please explain to us what they're saying. Okay, that's a good example. <clears throat> so, the CDB loans, including the Tuabo loan, the one that was used, you know, to, uh, the one that was used to set up the, the Tuabo. Mm-hmm. That's an example. With, yes. And then the pipelines, mm-hmm. and, you know, yes. They were denominated in dollars. And we said we will be, we'll be selling oil to the Chinese. They will bring the money and we shall use it, you know, to pay. Another example is Esla. We borrowed and we said we are imposing a tax specifically, you know, to pay for the energy sector, you know, debt mm-hmm. and, and aspects of the banking sector and the road contractors, you know, yes. Okay, so you're following. Yes. The situation we are in now is that Esla was collateralized, 10 euro, and we, we are defaulting today. <laughs> you get the point. Okay. Even though we had been paying from our oil revenue, dedicated and whatever, if you put all of them together... It's a loan. It's a loan from the Chinese sources, and we have defaulted. So that, that is part of the total loan that we have defaulted. So we, we are not saying that. We took a loan against, <clears throat> against taxes that we are yet to collect. So even if we get the revenue, it's already been taken care no, of. No, but that's the responsibility. Let's take a household. You know, I think let's go back to this question, mm-hmm. you know. Um, there are people who can take cash, they are front and they construct or they finish and they... There are people, me and you, if you begin to rise... No, no, but me and you, you, you are, not, we are not, me and you are not the same level. No, I, 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 I used to be, you know. <laughs> When I built my house, I took a customs loan. Okay. So that's what I mean. So you take, either take a loan, a mortgage or whatever, mm-hmm. and you pay over time. And so what is your working life? If you take in countries where they have long because the market has matured, you can take a mortgage for 30 years. In all probability, your children will take over. <laughs> right. Okay. So that's how governments work. Just like, you know, so again... You know, those of us whose parents had to go and take, you know, money from people and families and whatever. Yes. If you are lucky and you get, say, a good job, even national service or whatever. 
you may end up paying the last installment for your mother or for your father. What does the suspension? So one, one government, you know, succeeds the other. This government is yes. continuous. So if you are, if you are arguing that I left alone and every government leaves alone, why well, you know, say I also left you a trouble to pay for the loan? When, why are you not saying that Nkrumah left Akosomo down to pay for the loan? When the, and that's why, sorry, that's why the questions we are asking today. So when the, where are the projects that can pay for the loan? When the government says they are suspending <coughs> repayment, who are they talking to, and what does that mean? Who and, and what are, what do what can those people do? Well, you are, you ask a good questions. They are talking to a number of variety of people. One, they are talking directly to the creditors and saying, "I'm sorry, I can't pay you." They are talking to the markets, the ratings agencies, and say, I'm sorry I can't pay you. So you remember when even the announcement that was made for the domestic bond, if you remember, mm-hmm. led to an S&P mm-hmm. you know, downgrade. downgrade yeah. Because for them, it meant that you are defaulted. So long as any debt that's due today, and we are saying we are going to suspend it, the thing is that what the default means, the due date is today and you have been paid. So you have defaulted. What is the so that is what it is. so suspension means that you are so you are looking at Ghanaians and telling them sorry that's why you paying taxes and whatever you know we cannot pay you are looking at other African countries that held Ghana in some high you know esteem, with high esteem you know yeah saying that they are defaulting that's what it means does that then <coughs> mean that the eurobond market will be open to us or is going to, the doors are going to be Better permanently does, shut now well, not, permanent, they not permanently it's going to be tough to get back because remember those who are those who have formed the committee you know let's say they know the metal of ghana mm-hmm. let's say that ghana was once attractive and that is why you know with the structures they started giving us loans like the middle income in advanced countries when we became middle income so if we go back and put the structures in place. And if we restructure, right? We can get back. We can get back. You know, but it's going to it's not going to be an easy process. Because you see, it's like a traditional money lender, right? <laughs> you borrow from a money lender, right? I, I don't mean to impugn any because yeah. all of them are, you mm. know, yes. Yeah, so but you can't pay and you go. Something like they add hasha terms to it. It says that makes the repayment more difficult. More difficult. And that's what we have fallen into. That's now. what we're falling into. Are we still But you see no, but you see the the they may see that this is a credible country if it can put its act together. Right? So they may not go to the extreme. Because you have but, IMF in time. But, uh, but if we don't exactly because the IMF giving you backing and everything. Mm. But if you don't succeed with them, because you know, maybe they may okay, what does this restructuring mean? You know, maybe fundamentally, so that our listeners can. Mm-hmm. It only means that I borrowed, and I have to pay in five years. I'm having difficulty, so they may stretch it to say seven years, eight years, right, for you to pay. If you are lucky, they may say I'm waiving, you know, a portion of the interest that you owe, or I'm taking it out. That's what we. That's the haircut mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. It may be done at the table through negotiations. Right, it's, it's it's difficult to do unilaterally, as we attempted to do. So a package of all these measures, a mixture of interest rate duration and all those, will be the new terms. So you are substituting your old, and so they are making it. They will be making it slightly, you know, uh, easier for you to pay. And this is where the fund and the bank and others are coming because then once you do that, the bank will also come with budget support. And when they come with budget support, it means that you are not going to go and borrow for some time. 
And that is where the fund and the bank would therefore say, since we are giving you budget support and whatever, just as in our case, the commercial loan you can take is only 500 million per annum. Can't go beyond that. You can't go beyond that. No, yes, you can't go beyond that. But if you need to do a special project, which can pay for itself or is justified socially and whatever, let's say schools and the rest, we allow then you. you have to go and get a waiver from the, from the board. Okay. Now, yes. <laughs> this, you use the word unilateral. Yes, that's the, what it, it appears that's what the government is doing, at least for the external debt. No, I have the... I don't have the full facts, you know, you, even when you are, you've been Minister of Finance. But I have my hunch is that there have been some consultations quietly. Before the statement was issued. The statement looked unilateral, but the promptness with which, you know, those who gave us the loans have established, I'm sure you've seen that statement, mm. a committee to deal with this and whatever, within 24 hours of the announcement. Of course, they're always ever ready because they've dealt with this situation in many developing countries. But so wh- it would could you be that there has been some background you know, consultation. But why would you be, do background consultation, issue a statement that appears unilateral? Well, you want to show matriarchy? Oh No. no. Um, consultations are very important because sometimes you know... And no, I'm saying the language of the statement. Why would it be couched in that manner to yeah, appear because, as Yeah, because the government has not told us that it's to negotiate okay. or to consult or okay. to do so it looks, <laughs> it looks like the statement does it say that we have been doing. So to give you an example, it took about three months or so of discussions with the banks before we did a VRA restructuring. The meetings were held. And so when we did a press conference, we gave, you know, the, the outline. Yes. A lot of ground has been watered. And again, the 2015 bond was used entirely to restructure our domestic bonds. The World Bank guaranteed, mm-hmm. you know, it took about four to five months of discussions with the World Bank, with creditors, and uh, before it was done. Based on your knowledge <coughs> of the industry, this external um, debt restructuring that the government has announced, would it be welcome because the domestic one is not getting the welcome that it required from the government? Well, again, it comes to the people at the opposite end of the table, those who gave you the money. That's a team that is, yes, to engage us which is what is missing in the domestic, or apparently missing in the domestic one. Uh, later there was, if you see later, but again, I don't know whether there were some consultative from pronouncements. So you saw that they met Bankers Association. Mm-hmm. They met, you know, some of the pension funds mm-hmm. and others. If this was not done proud, you know, then it means government is putting, now putting its cards on the table, and that's why there's some resistance. Organized labor plans a strike for Tuesday because their pensions will be touched on this debt restructuring program. The opposition is growing. The number of people opposed to the government's local... Your pension will be touched. (laughs) Yes, so organized... Even in the future. So what do you think the government can do now to get out of this quagmire? Organized labor breathing down its throats, IMF insisting that you need to work on the debt sustainability. But sit down and talk. Sit down and talk. Because, again, another example, not exactly, it's arrears, not, not debt. Mm-hmm. Arrears means you owe me, so, mm-hmm. it's, so it's debt. Mm-hmm. Single spine. <laughs> we, met <laughs> for, we met for, you know, weeks with labor. Because it got to the point we had issued bonds. Remember I was talking about the bonds that we issued. We issued bonds to pay the arrears. By the time we took, or, you know, uh, President Mahama took over, despite the payments we took to do for and Amir's, you know, had done you know, using bonds and others mainly, you know, because remember, 
back then we also had some issues with it. And of course we had it. So it took it took months. And then it culminated in uh, in that case who, if you remember. So we had this meeting in who where we invited the media and you know, but a lot of work had done gone on in the background already. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the consultative process would just have to be tightened. If you were <coughs> kind of reactor at this time when things appeared to have become hopeless, what key things would you do, interventions would you do? And they are doing some of it now because you have no choice. For example, the first thing is you have no choice than to go to the IMF, which you say, well, we're not because some of us kept saying, you know, it is said that I didn't want Ghana to go to the IMF. But there's some element of truth. You know, by the time we got, by the time we got the oil fields and we started putting those structures in place, we felt that we were getting somewhere where maybe we could win ourselves some of the fun. But we did not say we were not going to the IMF entirely. We wanted to go to the IMF for a program which they call the um, P- PSI, you know, support instrument, where you go to the fund and you say, I have, I have a program. I think I can weather the storm. But come, let's talk as if I'm in a program. I won't collect the money. But if in the course of implementing it, I need it, I need it I'll come. And that was the original design of IMS assistance. That's why it's called standby for with advanced countries use. So Greece, you don't go for it necessarily, you but to. you have it. That's what Greece, Ireland, you remember under the global financial crisis, they went for standby. So there's a promise that if you are going and things get tough, you can go. And then it's so flexible that if things improve, say sinking fund, we can go back and, and repay. So aside IMF, right. what else so can what, we put in place now? That's what we are doing. Because the, the important thing is that the IMF board is saying that. Right. And, the, and that's what the IMF rules say, that the IMF cannot give money to a country which is likely to default. And that's why debt has taken the center stage. That's why we are talking about the domestic debt restructuring. Because we have come to the point which we are told, as I yesterday, has come through that we cannot pay. What about <coughs> f- fiscal and physical discipline? locally by the government itself what should be done the government says v8s are going to be stopped from next year i mean the usage in accra except you're going for cross-country coupons fewer coupons are going to be slashed and all of that is that big enough the offer the government it's is good you ask whether it's big enough you see if it's like article you know um 71 71 and all that if you take it collectively in comparison with the total wage bill, he would say, oh, but this is, this is not going to take you anywhere. But then leadership is showing, you see, that I'm asking you to tighten. We are also tightening. That's the significance, you know, of it, that we are tightening our bit. But you cannot, and this is the message we have to get, you cannot make any headway if we keep the current level expenditure intact. What can we knock big off? Ones. What can we knock off based on your knowledge of the space again? Let me give you without one ex- any problem. Let me give you one example. All the time, you know. Remember, you know the issue was whether you do unfettered free SHS or you do, you know, progressively fee free. And our version of progressively fee free, we say that it will be basically day schools, right? Because boarding fees and in advanced countries, America and everywhere. They don't have, they don't pay for boarding. If you want your child to go to boarding, you go to a private, you pay. But day is free, tuition is free. And then you are bus, you know, to school. If you live like uh, one mile 
up to within two miles. The kids are expected to walk middle school and high school in particular. You know, so you don't even take the bus. You bike to school or you walk to school. So your advice, so, so let me, let me answer. You know, so let me remember during the campaign when the crude oil prices fell, President Mahama told the public that we cannot build the 200 e-schools because the budget has become tight. It was a campaign issue. It was a legacy issue for him. But he said, we cannot do it. We slashed it to about 160, even though we said we could still not do it. Right? And that's when he said that, I am in the seat and I know the situation. And I know we cannot do it. Remember, we have been tightening. And we had, we see a clearer way, particularly with, the condition was that we cannot do it in 2016, complete them. But come 2017, we have 10 field, we have Sankofa, and coming on stream. And then we'll go back and tackle it. Right. So we are in a similar situation where, uh, so I'm, I'm using it because I'm going to use free SHS, mm. unfettered free SHS. And I'm, I'm, I'm free to say it because in 2017, I tweeted and said unfettered free SHS is we, attractive, but cannot be achieved. Ghana cannot do unfettered free SHS. We need to go now, but <coughs> is free SHS the only big ticket item no, that has to be taken no, off? No, just, just list a few more so that, because we need, we need to sign up. Okay. Yeah. So, so if we have a project which we have signed, To, to complete in three years, you know, and we, we are doing, we can suspend it for, say, one year. Okay. Until we improve the situation. And would that be roads or hospitals? Uh, some roads and hospitals, yeah. You know, you, you will be selective. Okay. For example, hospitals is, you know, if compared to, mm -hmm. of course, you look at some roads strategically and all those things, you know, yes, those for which say you have loans already, mm -hmm. which are on the books, you can continue them. Okay. Right, then we, we did most of this. So you, you have to do Would this. you start any new project next year if you were the finance minister reading next year's budget? Would you start any new Only project? Absolutely necessary new projects. Otherwise? Absolutely necessary. Otherwise, otherwise no. we, Yeah, we, we defer to only pipeline. And you would con discontinue existing projects until, I mean, you are sure that you are... No, we reprogram them. Just as you are reprogramming your debt, you also reprogram and align projects and whatever. Because the projects are essential, otherwise you wouldn't have started them. We have to go. Thank you so much, Honorable Seth, Emmanuel Seth Tekpe. Why do you have two first names, though, Emmanuel and Seth? Uh, it's typical Christian. Uh -huh. So one is baptism, one is... Oh, okay. <laughs> one I, is confirmation. I've not seen a lot of and that. And then in the process, you know, because I... Middle school, it was my actual middle name, which is Abite, was dropped, and then Abite was yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, it was, it was dropped, and and Tekpe means between rocks or between stones. Oh, yeah, give a literal meaning. Ah, that's uh, yes. <laughs> you know, Tekpe. Yeah, you know, yeah. Tekpe is the first one. Oh, okay. Tekpe no is the second. Tekpe is the third. Tekpe. But Tekpe. they have been just like Tete Tete. They use the same names now. <laughs> Thank you for speaking to us and wish you all the best too. I hope you've been you've been invited by the government to give them one or two ideas to, 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 to fix the economy. Or they've not called you. No comment. <laughs> well, that was the minister former for finance care Seth of Seth what am I saying? Seth Tepe. Uh, not Seth of Riata, Seth Tepe. He was my guest on Point Blank. My name is Umaru Sanda. I'm a production by Beverly London and Fred Tete Jabano. Technical support from Daniel Squashy. We'll be back tomorrow at 17.30 GMT. Thank you for listening. Good night.
City News. We speak first. Reach our hotline on 0302-224959. And get interactive on Facebook, City 97.3 FM, and on Twitter at City 973.